Praise the Lord, family. This is Eleanor Roden with our sister in Christ, Harriet Lee. Hi, Harriet. Hi. How are you? It's so good to be here. That is good. All the time. Hallelujah. We're reading Psalm 4. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise because truly you are deserving of that and much more. Hallelujah. Lord God, we just come together to say thank you, Lord, for calling us together, calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Hallelujah. And then, Lord, we thank you the way you direct us to your word so that we can get to know you personally, dear Lord. We just say thank you, Lord, for your word, for it is so rich in encouragement, in acknowledgement, and in agreement to all the promises that you have for us. So, Lord, as Harriet and I joined with the Holy Spirit, to read your word. We pray an anointing be upon what is heard so that all who hear it have an understanding and who are so excited to be in a personal relationship with you because it's really what life is all about. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing me with a sister in Christ like Harriet. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. You know what? God is so good, Eleanor. He is awesome. And this particular Psalm 4, you know, it's written by David. And it was at a time when he was going through some difficult times, you know, with his his own family, his son, Absalom, you know. And that can be referenced in 2 Samuel 15, 13 through 4. But what's so unique about this particular psalm to me is even though David recognized betrayal by his son and by others, he also expressed confidence that God was with him. He was so confident that God was going to help him through all situations. So he addressed both, and that's that's what I like about this particular psalm. He prayed to God, and he had that confidence, you know, because it's not just praying to God. It's knowing with with an assurance that he hears us when we pray and so and that he's going to give us the resolution and he's going to walk us through the life situations. So I truly, truly love this Psalms 4. What do you think, Eleanor? Praise God. Sister, when I read it, I thought about how exactly many of the same things, about how mm-hmm. it represents the uh, importance of having a personal relationship with God. Mm. And I love what you've shared. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. And what I'd like to do is read a few scriptures and then talk about it a little bit in between, because that's the way I I studied it. Psalms 1 to 3, it starts out by saying, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have fed me when I was in and, and relieved me when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear and respond to my prayer. And the second verse says, will my honor and glory be turned into shame? That was a question, right? How long were you by enemies? Love worthless, vain, fruitful things and seek deceitful and lies. And he, there's a pause there. How long are you going to do this? Just think about it. Say love. And then it says, but know that the Lord has set me apart for himself and dealt wonderfully with the godly man, the one of honorable character 
moral courage. The one who does right, the Lord hears and responds when I call him. So I want to go back to what I said initially, you know, even though David was going through a real, real hard time at this particular time, you know, with his son, um, and it had to be hurtful when someone in your family so close to you, someone that you gave birth to is trying to kill you, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, trying to kill you physically. You know, it had to be a difficult time for him. But even though he acknowledged betrayal, he also expressed confidence. When he said in the second, he had asked him, how long are you guys going to do this? How long are you going to? continue to do the wrong thing, you know? And so I said, you know, that's how it is sometimes how we feel when we go through situations that are difficult. We want to know how long you're going to be doing the wrong thing. But then you go back to, he says, but he acknowledged that even though you're doing the wrong thing, but in, in the third verse it says, but know that the Lord has set apart for himself and dealt wonderfully with the godly man right? So he's telling him, I'm a godly man. I'm, I'm doing the right thing, and God is going to. This is where the faith of David kicks in here. He's expressing to people, regardless of what you're doing, God is on my side, and I have confidence in God. So he's acknowledging God as, his, as the person that's going to help him get through all of his challenges, regardless of how strong that hurt is. So what do you think about that um, first three verses? I shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Really, it represents starting with hear me Mm. when I call. That's a good Mm. thing to know that when we call upon the Lord, he's going to hear us. And Salah, because, you know, family, the thing that's so interesting about Salah is that it makes us mindful that the Psalms were songs like like the hymns that we sing today. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's like a musical notation, which is mm-hmm. reflective of what you just said. It's a pause so that you can focus on what you have just said before moving on. The reader, the singer, and the writer to lift up his head to the Lord in consideration mm-hmm. of the point that is being made. Hallelujah. So I think you're right on point, sister. <laughs> I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, you know, it, God is just so good because this takes us back to, I mean, if we if you think about it, it's the things that we're going through today, as you just said, what we're, what we're going through right now in our life day to day, deception and people doing the wrong thing. But take that pause and think about what are you doing? Take a minute to see where you're going to go. I mean, what? What is the purpose? Why are you doing this? You know, so we need to do that sometimes. We're Christians, but sometimes we have to stop and think about what we're doing too. So God is good. So I'm going to go ahead and read verses 4 and 5. You know, it's important to honor God even when we're going through difficult times. You know, it's, it's, it's important to honor God with humility and faith, you know, rather than being in anger. And if you notice, David did not express anger. You know, he made an expression of, like, guys, you need to stop and think about what you're doing. But he didn't, he wasn't angry about it. You know what I mean? He says, even if you're right. So sometimes when people are doing us wrong and we want to express ourselves, you know, um, how we feel about things, we don't have to do it in anger, even if we are right about the situation, you know. And that leads us to 4 and 5. It says, tremble with anger and fear, but do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Reflect on your sin and repent of your 
rebellion. And there got that word again, Selah. Think about it, right? And then the fifth verse says, after righteous sacrifice, trust confidently in the Lord. So that goes back to even if we're in a situation where we're being mistreated like David, he didn't deserve what happened to him. You know, even in trembling and fear, if he was fearful for his life or whatever, you still have to allow God to, to, to be in charge of everything you do. You have to pray. You have to repent. You have to ask God for guidance, you know. So when I read that, I was like, wow, you know, even in trembling, even if I'm right, even if you misuse me, you know, we don't have to commit sin. You know what I mean? You don't have to go back out and say, well, you, you did this to me, so I'm going to kill you for it, you know, whatever. And just think about that. That is faith. That's belief in God. That's, that's absolute trust in God. When you're in a situation like that, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So that's what I got out of 4 and 5. What do you think about the verses 4 and 5? Praise God. I think you're just right on target. Even when we're right, that's when it's most important to represent mm. Christ in our lives because he gave the best example of how when people were wrong to him, how we, how we should respond. And that's why we have to, you know, recognize that our weapons are different. We use love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. we don't get out of character because someone's Amen. wrong. That's our opportunity to show the godly character that's being deposited in us by the yeah. Holy Spirit. And so I love that. And I love the way that you talked about how David was doing that. Because David had a sense of humility because David knew I did wrong too. And that's how we mm-hmm. have to deal with people. Yes, you did me wrong, but I along my life journey, I've done someone else wrong. And so therefore, right. we want to pass that grace, that mercy along. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that we tremble with anger or fear and do mm-hmm. not sin because, yes, mm-hmm. we're angry. But so we also need to be fearful because we know we've done some wrong too. How many of us just sit in the stillness and the quietness of the night and hear and reflect on what our life has been? And I love the way it said, reflect on your sin and repent Mm -hmm. of your rebellion. Selah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And then I'm going to go on to verse 6 and 7 and 8. It says, Many are saying, oh, that we might see some good. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put joy in my heart more than others know when their wheat and their new wine had yielded abundantly. In peace and with a tranquil heart, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, Make me dwell in safety and confident trust. I was thinking about that. You know, sometimes, you no know, joy isn't the same as happiness, you know. Joy doesn't always come from happy situations, circumstances and situations, as is shared in James 1, 2, and 4, and Luke 6, 22, and 23. But rather joy, you know, joy is an underlining sense 
um, that's in our gut. It comes from our heart of hearts. It's a trust in knowing that God is ultimately in control. So sometimes we think about happiness. It's easy for you for us to have faith when we're happy and things are going well. But happiness and joy is it's a little bit different. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And when do you need that joy of the Lord is when you're in a bad situation most of the time. So that's what I'm trying to express here is that joy isn't always something that happens when we're happy, in happy times. That joy, it comes from God. It's, not, it's something within our hearts. I'm going to read it over. It says, many are saying, oh, that we might see some good. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put joy in my heart more than others know, even their wheat and their wine. And I think he's talking about here, you know, sometimes people use substance and things to give them that joy, to give them that little lift, to make them feel whatever, you know. But what he's talking about is the joy of the Lord. It comes regardless. Now, just think about it. He's in a situation where he's in a confrontation with his son. His son is after him, right, because of whatever the reasons was, right? But just think about it. How can you have joy in that situation? How can you truly say the joy of the Lord is my strength when you're running for your life? And that's not a happy time. So how can you be joyful, right? So joy doesn't always come with happiness and not happy times of life. The joy of the Lord is there. It's like an underlining something that we can stand on to keep us going, you know, to give us that peace in the midst of storms that the Bible talks about. So this is what I love about this particular psalms because it really talks real-life situations. I mean, if we really think about it, how can you be joyful? Just think about your own life. You go to work one day and your boss is acting up and they're telling you they're going to write you up or whatever the case may be. That might not be where you're happy, but you've got to search for that joy and that peace. That's the time when we need it the most. You know, what do you think, Eleanor? I say amen and cross-referencing scripture because scripture for two reasons. One, it's going to give you clarity and it's going to support what you're thinking, especially by way of the Holy Spirit, because the word is built upon itself. It does not contradict itself. Hallelujah. And so we see that with James 1, 2 through 4, that reads, consider it nothing but joy my Mm. brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result Mm. and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith lacking in nothing. We heard our sister Harriet said, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Mm. You're not going to be happy about that write-up from the boss. (laughs) You know, let's be real. (laughs) We're not going to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, you know, because you know... Because I've been there, you know. You get any... That's the testing of your faith because even though you're getting written up, it's that experience that even in that situation, one, you can learn from it. Secondly, Mm -hmm. you know God has your back and he's your provider and he's going to protect you. 
but he also wants us to grow to be who we should be. And so that response, that situation is going to lead to our spiritual maturity and our inner peace. Yeah. So that's why we can count it nothing but joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That is so good. So we've gotten to the eighth verse, but there's one other thing I wanted to share with you. I mean, if you can read that, it talks about faith. Oh, definitely. You have that? I put it into the computer. Hallelujah. And Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 has even a superscription that says the triumphs mm-hmm. of faith. Hallelujah. And it oh, reads, okay. now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. That's a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We can't live without it. And how do you get that faith? It's by being in the word of God, right? We have to have the word within us to help us increase our faith. Um, That's the only way that we we can make it. And that's what faith is. Faith is a substance of things not seen, right? We can't see it. We can, sometimes we can't taste it. We can't feel it. But the word of God is, brings it to reality for us because God keeps his word, right? So if we are believing God for something, anything, even peace of mind at times when people are really, really getting on our last nerve, God gives us that underlining joy that we talked about earlier on. But it comes through faith, and it comes faith comes by the word of God. We got to get that word within us. Pastor Glenn, he used to always say, "I uh, absolutely trust God." We have to get to that place where we absolutely trust God. I'm going to cast the mind.